We're delighted to be joined here in Jackham Park by Aidan Ryan here this evening on our new podcast, which will be focusing totally on the Limerick District League, Junior Soccer League here. Obviously, Aidan, the excitement's building. The league starts tonight. You've got Division 3A and 3B kicking us off this evening. Obviously, it's going to be very hard for us to go through all the divisions, so our main focus is going to be on Limerick District League Premier Division, which kicks off on Thursday night. We're two days out from it. There's been a lot of moving and shaking over the last couple of months, as you'd expect from managers and players. You know, six games take place on the evening. We'll start off, I suppose, the focus being with Pike Rovers versus Balanti. That looks like the, the most intriguing tie of the night. Obviously, both of them finished in the top three last year. Pike are the defending champions. Robbie Williams still in charge. Balanti will be looking to put in another challenge this year. A lot of new players in for both sides. I know you'll be taking us through that as well. Starting with Pike, you know, the likes of John Connery, other players coming back into the field for Pike. I mean, what ambitions will Pike have? I suppose to retain the title will be their biggest one. Yeah, well, having won the league last year, at the date really with the with the playoff game against Fairview, they'll start as favourites. Um that would be the big aim is to retain the league. They hadn't they hadn't won the league in about seven or eight years, Adrian, so it was important that they did win it last season um, for a, a club of uh, Pike's stature. Um, so I think they did a good job. It looked at, it was out of their hands at one stage, and then all of a sudden they were back in it. But listen, it's typical Pike showed loads of character and grit, stayed with us, won the playoff game, and uh, listen, the best team wins the league, and Pike were the best team. Uh, tough game to start, really great game to whip the appetite. Um, I would assume that Pike are down a few players uh, with the suspensions from the FAI Senior Cup games. Um, so new signings. Don't think Pike have strengthened as much as I, I would have thought. Um, and the loss of course of Conor Lang, 32 league goals last season. How are we going to replace those 32 uh, league goals? It'd be a big question mark from Kevin Barry doing reasonably well towards the end of last season. Will certainly contribute a bit if he's given a decent run in the team. Um, but it'll be tough for him I think without Conor Lang myself. I think they, they need to find somebody up front that's going to replace uh, all those goals. Yeah, absolutely, and their challengers, you just mentioned Ballinanti Rovers, Dave Dunphy did a really good job last year with Ballinanti. Actually, when you talk about top six and bottom six splits, I think they probably benefited the most from that because they won their six pointers to keep them in the title race until the last couple of games. They've made a lot of signings, they've taken three players from Moy Ross actually, uh, interestingly enough, they're near neighbours, you've Aaron Power, Keane Power and Habedeen Gabido signing there who made a big impact for, for Moy Ross, you also have Keane Fitzgerald coming. Maybe a lot of players from, from Premier A, but you know, big losses as well, I suppose. You've got like Conor Ellis and Jake Dillon going out the door. How do you feel that Bala have shaped up now going into the new year? I think the loss of uh, Jake Dillon is huge. Um, really good player, Sam, several times last year. Can play centre-back, right-back, midfield. I think at one stage they were even playing him in the 10. He's that versatile, uh, very athletic. I don't think Conor Ellis will be as big a loss as people make out because he didn't play much football for Bella last year anyway. Mm. So um, again, they're probably short someone up front, okay. Whether the lad from my Ross will, will fill that gap uh, uh, remains to be seen. Listen, you you won't win the league in the first six to seven games, Adrian, but you can lose the league in the first six to seven games. Last year, I think Bella fell short, did a really good season. I mean, the five trophy, trophies available, they won the two week cup, that's one. Um, I think they fell short in the league by four or five points, maybe six points. Mm. But last year at the start, I think they lost two big games in a row. 
Did they lose to Ashley and they lost to Pike. Yeah. I was at both matches, lost 3-2. And I think Dave will be making sure that those those games, that um, they try and get something out of those games. You've got to be getting points out of those matches earlier on the season to keep yourself in touch. And listen, they stayed with it. But when you look back at it, that was six points gone. Um, I think he'll be he'll be looking at that this season. And to be fair, both teams do have a very strong, we'll say, club presence. You know, you've got the likes of Barry Hughes, Dermot Fitzgerald, guys that have played with Van Lenty for so long. Same with Pike Rovers on the other side. That has been well documented. They still have so many players for yeah. it. It will be a very tight game. Aiden. Very hard to predict, I'd imagine. We're going to ask you for a prediction anyway, but incredibly difficult in the first time of the season. I'm going to do the usual pundit thing and sit in defence. I think it'll be a draw. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I'm, I'm assuming Bell will be near full strength. They might be missing one or two, maybe Hollis and stuff. You just don't know this time of the year. Pike will be missing Steve McGann, obviously. It will be a huge loss to him. Yeah. He's such an important player. And and one or two others from, from, uh, from with, with suspensions and things. But Pike still have that core, as you said, Adrian. You know, you've Pat Mullins, you've the two Donovans, you have McGann in the squad, you've Owen Henrahan, you've Colin Walsh Lachlan. Um, Shane Walsh, I'm not sure what the situation with him is. They could do with him back being being he's fit. Recently had a surgery, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's so he's, he's going to be out for a while. Still have Gary Neville. And then the other side with Bella, you've Aiden, you've Aiden Hurley. Adrian Power, who I, who I felt myself was the best player in the Premier League last year. Uh, Dara Hughes. You know, you, you, have, you have the fulcrum of your squad there. I think it'll be a draw. I'll sit in the fence in it. I know, I'm now taking us on to, I suppose, another intriguing tie. It's Fairview Rangers against Kuna. Fairview obviously would have been desperately disappointed with the way last season finished. You know, you lose twice in four days to Pike Rovers, your most bitter rivals, but in a cup final and in another cup final in some ways with the league final in your own backyard, it was incredibly disappointing for them. There has been turnover obviously in the management side of things. You've got Paul Danner and Paul O'Donnell coming back into the management, coming in, excuse me, to the management at Fairview. It's going to be a hard act to follow in because in fairness to Jason, maybe he didn't win the league but he got a Munster Junior Trophy and an FAI Trophy in his time back with the club, so that'll be a hard act to follow. You know, we know that they've signed Conor Ellis and Jay Killen, as we were mentioned, they've left Bella, but they have went to Fairview Rangers. And we're now hearing, uh, I suppose, in some ways, it'll be a shock to many, but that Wayne Colbert has left his role as player manager or prospect to go to Fairview ahead of the big kickoff. They're just three players that I've spoken about. Paul Danner's first throw into management. Um, I suppose, what would be the ambition for Fairview? The ambition has to be to win the league. Fairview haven't won a league in 20 odd years, so it has to be to win the league. And I'm assuming Jason must have left with a lot of disappointment despite the FEI Cup win and the Munster Junior Cup win that he didn't win a league. He was there three or four years, and I think it was a big disappointment. I think it's a, it's a big test for, for um, Paula Danaher. Um, how we'll approach it, I don't know. I mean, Jason used to play a strict kind of 4 3 3. He was, in my opinion, a very conservative 4 3 3. You didn't see full backs moving past the half a line. They were, they were, uh, they were kept at home. So I, I just feel maybe Paul will have to look at maybe adapting the, the formation of the team a little bit for different games because they want to get over the line in this. And I mean, it was in their own hands with three or four games to go, and then all of a sudden it was gone. Uh, and you had the likes, you had Pike coming up on your coattails. And, uh, and getting through it. But having said all that, you have so much quality in that squad. I mean, you have, you have, you have a possible front three of Darrell Rainsford, Conor Ellis, and Young Coughlin. Yeah. And I mean, if there isn't goals in that, in that tree, there's goals in no tree. Um, so it depends whether they get the support up to them and what kind of formation they, they set out to make sure they get enough goals to win games. Because I, I think that was a big problem last year. I, I think they fell about 15 goals behind Pike in the league last year. 
Yeah, absolutely. That would be because you have mentioned that the league. Surely the league has to be the number one priority for Fairview. You've mentioned it. They went so long without it because the one thing you always hear about is that Fairview. You know, they're entrenched in history of the FBI Cup and even the Munster Junior. And always, you always seem to see a tail off with Fairview when they get knocked out of the FBI. But surely that has to be put to bed now. And the league is your bread and butter, definitely for them. It has to be the priority and a strong squad up there, um, loads of resources up there. Very good pitch, Derek White and, and, and the lads doing great work in the background for him. And I'm sure if you spoke to Derek White this minute, he'd tell you that the priority has to be in the, uh, has to be uh, winning the league. Yeah, absolutely. And we move on now to Kuna Aiden, who will travel into Fairview for the first game. Incredibly tough task for them. Paddy Hickey and Ian Connolly are the new management team. I know you know Ian yourself from your own time with, with Kuna, which was very recent. Um, you know. I suppose that it's a difficult job itself and another probably hard act to follow in different in a different circumstance because Kuna have done very well, you know, considering it's only been six, seven years since they were in Division 2A, if I'm right, that I was playing against them myself. But, they, you know, to stay in the Premier Division for as long as they have done, do you think that's the main aim again for this management team and, and looking at the squad? Yeah, different set of priorities entirely. Um, Keith Dorn and Ian did a fantastic job keeping them in the Premier. He went to the last game, it was very tight. Yeah. Um, but they did stay up, and that was the important thing. And you know, they have a lot of local lads playing for them there. Ian Considine, uh, Brian Moriarty, you know, these are local lads. Mark Gallagher, another lad, came up from the B team playing in the A squad. The problem with Kuhn at the start of the year is some of these lads are students and they're off and away, mm. and you don't have them. Um, so they'll be hoping they'll have everyone available, and hopefully, they'll have got a, a good pre season um, uh, done. And that they'd, they'd be well organised. And they, look, the big thing is you've got to keep clean sheets. You know, these teams that are down there, that, that's what you aspire to do, especially against the top teams. Can we keep a clean sheet? Because you might get something out of the game. But a huge task. Yeah, huge absolutely, team. definitely. And I know that we have an, another prediction. You know, I, I would obviously err on that Fairview will start the league with a victory. It's going to be very hard to see anything other than a Fairview win, with all due respect to Kuna, I'd imagine. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to assume that Fairview will get the three points there. Yeah, so we move on now to our third game and we have Region United and Nina facing off in Dora Doyle. There is another managerial change here for Regional. Sean Russell, who was manager of Ashton Cody B team in Premier A last year, has made the step up to Premier. Brought a couple of interesting signings I thought actually as well in William Yvonne Duff, who went from Fairview, Hugo Hanlon, who went from Ashton Anacotti, two younger players. Looking at his squad, Reese Foley went with him as well, actually, from Ashton Anacotti. A lot of younger players. Did actually regional considering they've had a lot of the same core need that bit of injection of, of new youth? Yeah, well, it depends what the ambition of the club is now. Uh, a few years ago there you had a you know a raft of experienced players there like Jack Lynch and Clyde O'Connell and players like that. And that that seems to be gone by the, the wayside a little bit. Big test for Sean Russell. Um I know he's great football in the aim and a lot of experience playing in the League of Ireland, but there's a big difference between managing a, a team which I think finished 25, 30 points behind Cooper Park mm. in uh, Premier A and managing a team in, in the Premier League. They finished in the top six last year. I would assume that's the aim again this year. But he's a lot of work to do. Adrian, Region won seven games out of 22 last year, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, you know, seven games out of 22 for Region. That needs to be looked at. That's, that needs to be improved on. It'll be interesting to see how he does it. Some decent signings. Owen Duff isn't a bad player. He was obviously going there for more regular football because he wasn't getting it at Fairview. Mm. So we'll see. Will we'll, uh, Sean make a make a, a, a job of it? And um, 
like the thing about regional is that they've always been steady. They've had a steady defence. You've always had the Cowpers there in the Fremore that have kept things steady. But uh, can they can they improve on seven wins? Seven wins out of twenty two is a major return really for a club of that stature. Yeah, I'm sure that'll certainly be the aim. Their opponents on Thursday night. You have Nina Killian Fitzpatrick is in there again this year. He was there last year. They've considering they burst onto the, the scene when they came into Limerick. I suppose it feels like a long time ago now. In finishing the top six was probably a good achievement for Nina last year. I know that they probably did struggle in that period of the season, which you would expect playing against the quality opposition that you are playing every week. Nina's ambition, much like regional, definitely top six again this year would be the ambition, I'd imagine. Much of the same squad, I believe, as well. Yeah, I thought they were achieved getting to the top six, to be honest with you. And to be fair to them, I thought they were very competitive right to the end. I thought uh, they kept going right to the end of the season and made a, made a game of most uh, matches. Even like when you when you consider what they had to face, you know, you you are talking about playing Pike twice, regional twice, Ballot twice, Ashling twice, Gardner twice, and they stuck with it. But again, I'm going I'm going to give you the stat: five wins out of twenty two. You know, it's a tough stat, and I know I know it's more competitive in the top six. But that is a very tough step to, to, to be dealing with. Um, they'll be doing well to get to, to make top six, I feel, I feel this year. I think it'll be very tough, um, but that will be the ambition, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that one man I was speaking to Aiden before the season, actually, I nearly forgot already, but a prediction for that one. Um, if, 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 if Russell has his team right, I think they'll get the win. Yeah, so home win there. I suppose, you know, speaking to John Lysett, Pops, as many people know him as, I wouldn't be on those terms with myself as of yet, but he's going into the job for his first full season, taking over after Shane O'Hanlon went in a caretaker capacity for the second half, effectively, of last year. He's, you know, after really, I suppose, widening the net in terms of, he's brought in a very good player there in Chris Smith, who's an Irish Tuner International, uh, Gavin Dillon also from St. Michael's, Keen Barry from Mungers, which I know Richie Burke was deeply disappointed uh, about. Um, you know, they've, they've brought in Edge Maloney, just to name a few. I, I probably de I've definitely left out three to four players off the top of my head. Speaking to John, he said he needed to build a squad that were challenging on all fronts. Considering the player that's been brought in, built on top of the likes of Tony White and Liam Quinn, they have to be challenging, you'd imagine, this year. Yeah, I'm expecting huge things from Ashley, to be honest. Um, the template of the club has changed over the last few years. Uh, used to bring in through uh, a lot of academy players mm -hmm. and that changed when Michael Heron was manager and the likes of Shane, Shane Tracy was brought in and the two Clarks. Uh, Shane Hannan advanced that, won a Munster Junior Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, they finished, I think, fourth last year, was it? Yes. I think Shane at one stage had him top of the league. Uh, I can't remember the last time Ashley went top of the league. And then when he left, just before he left, they were around tours, so they ended up finishing fourth. With with the resources they have and the players they've brought in and the the... the the squad, the experienced squad that's there already, John Mulready, the two Clarks, Tony Whitehead, Shane, Shane Tracy, Liam Quinn, I'm expecting huge things. They've got to be thinking about winning the league. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get on to anything else, we've Charleville playing against them. Couldn't have been a harder start effectively for Charleville, you know, going into Ashing on the first night. They have the, obviously the promotion bounce going into it. I've only been briefly speaking to their manager, Adam Castle, you know, to, looking for squad lists and the likes. You know, he has signed a big squad, but he said it's absolutely necessary because he does have that problem with GAA, which takes up a bit of, a, you know, a lot of the players' time that he has in his squad as well. And some key players, to be fair, surely, you know, staying in the division is the priority for Charleville this year. Yeah, it'd be a huge achievement for them. 
I mean, traditionally, Charles, Charles would play a lovely brand of football, yeah. always did. The big problem for Charles, I always felt, was, was uh, at the back. Mm. I mean, they just concede too many goals. Um, I think going forward isn't really a problem. They play decent football. They'll score, they'll score on a amount of goals. You have Shane Dillon uh, still there. If he scored 34, 35 goals last yeah. year in the first division, he'll surely chip in with, with 14 or 15 this year. So if they can uh, manage themselves at the back, they, they might have a chance to stay up. It'll be very tough for them. I'm also glad to see that they kept the young, young lads they have. Mm. Keen Mack has stayed, yeah. uh, George Gustavo has stayed, that they weren't taken to, to, to all the clubs. I'm delighted he held on to them. I think that's good that, that the young lads have stayed and they'll develop over the year. Um, it'll be a big test for Mallory to try and stay up. And I know myself from, from my own experiences, the pitch in Charles was absolutely huge. Yeah. Home farm could be huge, or huge for them too, to be fair. Yeah, massive. And they're training on the pitch, so they'll be well used to it. Again, formation could be important in certain games to make sure they get points. Um, but they got to keep clean sheets. Absolutely. Um, I know that I went for a home win myself on that one. In, I assume you'll agree from what you said there. Yeah, it looks like a home win, doesn't it? Yeah. And on paper, I suppose. But yeah. I suppose if there is any time to catch a, a bigger team as such on paper, it is on the first couple of games of the season, which you know you don't know what you're facing Absolutely. as such. But going into the fifth game, Munger Regional, Crew Park. Crew Park loves to be one that everyone's looking at. An interesting team uh, to say the least won the cup and the league in premier a really consistent at premier a. everyone was really expecting them to win to win it from the onset realistically um they've brought they've added to that you've got the likes of mark slattery uh kieran red handling from treaty coming back in Aaron noonan is there you know jamie enright fellas that have all won the league in the past uh you know that bit of extra experience you know would the top six be out of their reach absolutely not um, very experienced squad. You've mentioned some of the names there. Max Lafferty, Jamie Henry coming back, Evan Maloney in goal. Um, look at the look at the forward line, Jonathan Grant, Aaron Noonan has come in, uh Kieran Hannon has come in, and Matt McGrath, I think he scored in the thirties as well last season in the in the in Premier A. Adam Frahel, Jamie O'Sullivan, Pa Boyle, you know, Gary Griffin. And uh, he's made a few more signings as well by all accounts. They've a, a squad of twenty-five or twenty-six signed already. I think they stand a really good chance of, of making the top six. I expect one of the one or two of the top six that were there last year to drop drop down into the bottom six when the, when the cut comes this year. Maybe even two. Um, but it depends on the ambition, whether they want to make that top six or not. And it'll also, you know, teams like the temperance and the temperament they come with and the character they bring to the league will be very important as well. But they definitely have the squad to make it. Yeah, definitely. And their opponents, Munger Regional, Richie Burke was clearly disappointed with the way last season ended. I mean, I did an interview with him in Pierce Stadium after they had trounced, for the want of a better word, Jamesburg 5-1. They were now well in the clear, you know, to win with three games to go, including Kilmallet and Kuna, who were both struggling in those last couple of games. Threw it away, for the want of a better word, Jamesburg won the Shield. I know people go on about maybe the Shield isn't that prestigious, but you still want to win it if it's there. Richie's hoping that the players that were there last year learned from that experience. He's also brought in a couple of experienced players that you would be well known, uh, would be well known to you. Excuse me, you know Donny Curtin, Alan Harkin. Surely they will help Richie as well. Who is a very young manager? Very young manager. I think he's done a really good job at Mungrus. Love the way he his character, his own character. I think it it's, uh, it shines down in the team. Uh, very very young squad last year. Terry did a fantastic job with him. He will be disappointed. There's no two ways about that because it looked like they were nailed on to to 
to get the, the shield, which I'm looking that's another day's work on that overfunded the shield team for the team finishing seventh. But um I I I think Richie Richie's ambitious. And if he's ambitious, it means that the squad will be ambitious. And by all accounts, that preseason has gone well. So I think he stands a great chance of getting that team into the top six. I think he's made two great, great signings, really astute signings in Donny Curtin and Alec Harkin because they needed that experience. Yeah. These boys have, have been at the forefront of winning trophies in Limerick and over the last nine or ten years. I think they'll make an awful difference on the pitch if, they, if they're fit to play. But more than that, I think they'll be great at the training ground and in the dressing room. And they'll help those lads and they'll bring them on in leaps and bounds. Yeah, and that definitely will be the hope. I know I've said on the fence for this one for the opening night, I think it may be a draw. What's your own prediction? I'm going to sit on the fence with you. I think it'll be a draw as well, actually. We're doing too much sitting on the fence, <laughs> say, but uh, our home wins. We'll have to go for a couple of away ones. But brings us to the last fixture, Aidan, to discuss James Brown Prospect. Considering maybe the hype around the rest of the teams, both of these teams, you haven't heard a lot from the camps. I know that my own, my own club have signed a few players from James Brown in recent days. There has been a bit of bit of turmoil there, speaking to Shane O'Hanlon, he was a bit disappointed about that. Um, prospect in a similar boat, I mean, to lose your manager or player manager three days before the season starts to another team in, in the same division as you, must be bitterly disappointed for them as well, and they have a lot of injuries going into the, the season too. You know, both teams aren't in great form, of, you know, going into it in terms of, you know, mentally, I suppose, but, you know, this game is, is exceptionally hard to call. Yeah, you just don't know what's, what's going to be there even in the evening in terms of the uh, the squad very disappointing and very disconcerting as a former prospect man to see what's happened prospect in the last few weeks um for the manager to go three days before kickoff is is absolutely outstanding uh, uh, it's it's unbelievable really and then the rumor going that he, he's signing for another club uh in the meantime um but having said all that prospect will be okay and they'll get out of team there's no doubt about that they will they will furnish a squad um, I know the lads in the background there, they're very hard working, very diligent, but it's going to be a long, tough, hard season for them. Might have to rely on the, on the B team, which they are bringing in, uh, to help, to help the, uh, furnish the A team get through the, the fixtures, especially in the first three or four weeks of the season. And then after that, maybe if you can get somebody in to, to look after the team, and they might be able to pick up a few players here and there. Um, James Brett, I have been speaking to Shane the last few days, a lot of turmoil there three or four players, maybe even more, four or five players after leaving in the last week. But I would never underestimate Shanahan and his ability to um, to garner a squad together. Again, it'll be very, very tough the first three or four weeks. Um, I think they'll be okay. I know he did say one of his hopes was that, you know, because they're most in the top four, there's probably a hundred players or well, yeah. there's 75 that yeah. maybe they will, you yeah. know, leave when they're not getting game time. Yeah, you've got to be looking at that. And it'll be up to, look, Shane is very, Good persuasive powers. He's shown that over the years that he can uh, harness the squad together. And but the, the problem is, you see, Adrian, is that those first three or four weeks, you've you've six or seven games, and I I feel myself a team, maybe even two teams, is going to be caught adrift at the bottom of that league very early this season. Yeah. And last season it, it happened. The only reason that Kimana came back uh, near the end of the season and almost made the great escape is because Shane, Shane came in after uh, Christmas and did a fantastic uh, fantastic job at him but I think it, certainly one team would be caught adrift a bit like Geraldine's last year and possibly two I was just about to say both of these teams you know without reading too much into it would certainly not want a season like Geraldine's had last mm -hmm. year I mean that was really really miserable for the club and, 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 and sad to see I suppose for them now, I know they've bounced back which is you know to their credit to be fair 
but that's certainly what these type of teams will want to avoid. Yeah, it was horrendous for Jurgens last season to be going through that. I don't did they win a game? I don't think they won a game, maybe drew one game. I think you'll get one team definitely cut, cut adrift again this season. As I said, possibly two, depending on, on how clubs recruit uh, before the end of the, the transfer. And I know from speaking to you before, Ed, now I personally felt that the top six, bottom six was a good addition last year because of the, we'll say, you know, the likes of Balnanti maybe come dragging themselves back into the title race, which wouldn't have been possible, let's be honest, if Pike and Fairview were playing the bottom six in the second half of the season. I felt that was maybe maybe one plus to it. Um, the second plus, I suppose, was that, you know, the teams at the bottom, you know, there was more even games, there was less hammerings, I felt, but you're not a fan of the top six, bottom six. No, I'm not a fan of the top six, bottom six. I mean, you two teams there in the top six and you were redundant, uh, regional and, and Nina. Now, the top four, the games are very competitive, and there's no doubt about that. There's some exciting games. Um, but as I, I, I'm going to make the, I'm going to give you the stat of, of, of 12 wins out of 44 games, for, for, yeah. or 40 odd games, or whatever it is, for, for Nina and Region. It's, like we're using the word horrendous. That's horrendous, in my opinion. In terms of the bottom, I don't know if it has improved standards. Um, maybe for the likes of Mongrel teams coming up, it made them a little bit more competitive trying to get hold of a shield trophy which which again I, you're giving a trophy to a team that finishes seventh in the league um towards the end of the season some teams were barely getting 11 and 12 players out and the other thing i would say to you is i spoke to three managers last season and just before the cutoff they were quite happy to stay in the bottom six they had no ambition to go into the top six so maybe that needs to be looked at as well I, you know I, I think you need to be striving to get up to the as high as you can in the league and improve your league position every season. But um, I'm not so sure it's working. Do you think that's a problem across the board in general, Aidan, with, I suppose, maybe throughout the divisions that maybe the ambition isn't there anymore to play as high as you can? You do see a lot of players now, or I've even played against them in, in the lower divisions where I felt yeah. maybe they should be playing at a higher level. It, it does seem to be different to maybe 10 years or maybe even less than 10 years ago, to be fair. Yeah, it's totally different. And I'm finding myself that players who are not uh, in the top four, in top four squads, who are not getting a regular game, aren't going to go down and join teams now in the bottom six. I think they'll just drop down lower and just go for a game on a Sunday. And, and look, if it means handy trophies in the lower division, so be it. But I think there's a drain of, of players now going down into the lower divisions. I don't think that's doing the standard any good. And I suppose evidence of that is that we're maybe starting if the rumours are true, we could be down four or five teams. I know they're maybe down in the lower ends of it, but you know, you've never seen that before. I know everyone says that there's loads of teams in certain areas, but we were always able to field at least more than 11 and 12 in a squad every Sunday. We've, we've lost Cassie and I, that we know are confirmed. If, we're, if the rumours are to be true, we could be losing at least three more teams in the next week or so after the season has kicked off which is certainly a headache for everyone. And we're hoping it's not an indictment and something that we'll see carrying on into the future years. Yeah, and we spoke about this before, Adrian. Outside of the football side of things, the demographics have changed as well with players and work and families. I think COVID has, hasn't helped matters. I think a lot of players have lost interest and they're, they're quite happy to go on a Saturday night yeah. and stay in bed on Sunday mornings. And it's just a sign of the times and it's a pity it's going that way. Um, how we fix it, it's very hard to fix. From the top down and the bottom up, maybe looking at how 16s and 17s and 18s have been have been uh, managed and garnered, and maybe from the top down in terms of what the LDMC uh, can do to make the leagues more attractive and things better.
Absolutely, and we thank everyone for joining us on this Junior Soccer Focus. Hopefully this venture will kick off and you know myself and, and Aidan and others will be on every week and, and giving our thoughts and opinions on, on the games and exciting games hopefully throughout the Premier Division season and we hope to touch base with obviously lower division clubs as well as the season continues. But thank you for joining us and we hope to see you once again next week.